Hey everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach and Adam, mon frere. Welcome. <laughs> is the City of Lights. <laughs> Bonjour. Uh, uh, Feliz Navidad. <laughs> Merci. Gumbo. Uh, I feel... I feel relatively uh, nervous about this episode, almost as if my nervous system is uh, outside of my body. See, I was going to do a thing about how we should all be wearing face coverings, but I like yours better here. <laughs> Guys, we're still in the Rona times, and I, I, I know you listening right now know this, but there's people, some reason, who listen to these episodes, like, years afterwards, and I've got to make sure we have a time frame for why Adam and I are... A little like we've on been edge? locked in the house for a while. Yes, on edge <laughs> is good. On yes. edge is a good description of this one, Mister Wreck. Uh, uh, but you know what? I live on the edge, much like uh, one of my favorite characters in X Men. He's a newer addition, and I love him so much. His name's uh, his name's Jean Philippe. Phantomax. Charlie Cluster Seven. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Phantom X. Not to be confused with Phantom X or Diabolique. He's Phantom X. Yeah, no, he's he's not a danger uh, as a adjective in front of his name. Uh, but he is a danger to himself and to others. And we do need to all be very afraid of what the Phantom X is going to do to us. Uh, and we're talking about Phantom X. Thanks to Corey. Uh, Corey went on over to patreon.com slash Xavier and he said, hey guys, I just stole all this money and I need a place to, uh, need a place to store it. <laughs> so how about your guys' Patreon feed? They only take so much off the top. It's, you know, something. And we said, that's a bad idea, but we will give you an episode based on one of your suggestions all because of that. So Corey, thank you so much. Uh, if you want to be like him, we'll tell you how you can do it later, but it's very easy to figure out when we mentioned Patreon when we started. Uh, you've obviously sucked in some web content before, so I'm sure you understand the, uh, the, the drift here. Yeah, I think we got the idea. Uh, and we're going to start off with uh, Phantom X's very first appearance. No, we're not. What are you talking well, about? This is not Phantom X's very first appearance? No. Adam, Adam, how... Adam. Does Phantom X pop up before this? Yes, Adam, Adam. I'm sorry, it's been a while. Adam, you fake nerd boy. Yeah, you just aren't a real fan and you need to accept that because <laughs> you don't know exactly when in Grant Morrison's run, Phantom X shows up. How early does he show up? I forget. Like the second to third arc. Okay. He shows so, but up. He's not. He doesn't show up in E is for Extinction. He doesn't show up in like the uh, issues right afterwards of that. But then like right, right after that, uh, there is an arc where Phantom X shows up and. Oh, right. He's with, he's hanging out with. Uh, yes. With Gene and. and oh, Professor. I forgot about that. All right, forget I said that. Just this is like Tajikistan. Just forget about you that. Just, you're just you're just a heck up machine. Uh, no, uh, the first story we're going to talk about since Adam Adam's just not qualified, not nope. qualified to say it. Uh, the first story we're going to talk about uh, comes from uh, Gmo's New X Men. It's New X Men one forty two to one forty five assault on weapon plus. Uh, written by Gmo himself. Uh, pencils by Chris Bachelot uh, with things by Tim Townsend. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we start off with a very mopey Scott Summers here. That's for sure. Scott Summers goes to the Hellfire Club, which is now a strip club. Uh, and he embarrasses himself in front of some strippers because he feels like he should be here because that's what his toxic masculinity brain says. And he's not having a good time. And the stripper's not having a good time. And... Sebastian Shaw needles him for a bit because he just wants to get drunk because uh, his infidelity has uh, just become apparent and his entire life is crashing down in front of him. Uh, and that's when his good buddy Logan shows up. 
<laughs> yeah, I like how uh, how the beginning of this issue kind of teases the idea that Emma is like playing Madeline Pryor to Scott's imagination, and then it just turns out to be this uh, this entertainer in the Hellfire Club. Um, we also get this really great cameo of Sabretooth um, <laughs> before before Scott and Logan have a drinking contest. Yeah, it, uh, it's, Sabretooth, it's great. Sabretooth and Wolverine uh, break all of the rules of the bathroom stall uh, and uh, look at what the other's working with and have a have an actual contest uh, deciding, you know, who's got who's got more going, which is a weird but very funny addition to their rivalry. Though <laughs> I'm gonna be real, you can't tell me they haven't they haven't uh they haven't been all natural around each other before. That they remember. I mean, that who they knows? remember. That's important, Adam. That's a yeah. good point. See? The true fans will know that <laughs> 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 this story involves Wolverine finally getting uh, a, a comprehensive look at his background. <laughs> right? Yeah, okay, okay, yes. What a segue, because uh, Wolverine, Wolverine's there and he says, Scott, we're going to have a drinking contest. You suck right now, but you'll be fine. Uh, hey, this is my friend. His name is Phantom X. He's from the Weapon Plus program. He's Weapon 13. Uh, you know about the Weapon Plus program? No, you probably don't. Anyway, it's where I'm from. Uh, we're gonna go attack them. And I'm gonna figure out what, what my history is, kinda. I, I wanna look at some files. They got some files on me. So I'm gonna kill a lot of people so I can get some files. Which is a very Wolverine thing to do. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, talk about world building. Um, we've heard about the world before. Uh, these issues, but the idea of what is actually going on inside gets fleshed out so much more in such rapid fire succession, um, especially in the second issue where they're just kind of wandering around. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we get a chance to learn all about the mechanics of how the world works. Y'all know about the world because it's, it, if you don't the know world what we're is talking nuts. about, <laughs> it's going it. to sound very confusing. The world is a uh, artificial world, I guess, artificial it's a dome. Dome. And inside is an accelerated uh, uh, timeline. Bubble time thing. Bubble? Yeah. It's a it's a sci it's a sci-fi sci-fi house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they they kind of accelerate time so that they can develop uh, crazy weapons. Yeah, they hyper-evolve it. They hyper-evolve mm -hmm. people there. Uh so that's where that's where Phantom X was raised, and he's got some unresolved issues about that. Wolverine knows that the world is related to the Weapon Plus program, which is part of Weapon X, which is what created him. Also involved in Weapon Plus was uh, the uh, robot animals known as Brute Force. I just want to make that very clear. They they were part of Weapon 2, uh, along yes. with a squirrel that was Wolverine also. Mm -hmm. Snicked with a little acorn over the eye, lowercase yep. i, with an acorn. Uh, and in their travels, they are going to battle the Ultimaton, uh, the Weapon 15. Yeah, you're talking about Weapon 15 there. Weapon 15, uh, who's basically designed to just kind of like wipe out just about everything, right? Yeah, Ultimatum's a good boy. Um, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't like that he wants to be part of the Super Sentinels, which was a team of mutant hunters that Weapon Plus ran by John Sublime. We won't get to him now. We will get to him <laughs> when we eventually, eventually talk about Here Comes Tomorrow, which is wild. Mm -hmm. uh, but John Sublime wanted to make all of these weapons as Super Sentinels a TV superhero team that would kill mutants <laughs> yeah it's very ecstatics uh it's very ecstatics right? at the very exact ecstatics. same time yep yeah because they're they're gonna be like the cool uh you know stealth team and i i had forgotten about that little tweak in this story it's it's very strange so weapon that 13 was coming out weapon 13 was part of the team obviously mm -hmm. that's Max. weapon 15 ultimatum Assumedly, the Huntsman Weapon 12 was part of it. Uh, you know who Weapon 14 was, though, right? 
Who's Weapon 14? Oh, Weapon 14 is a step for Cuckoos. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so assumedly, they are also part of the superhero team. The it's a pretty cool team. One. It's a pretty cool team, if you think about it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they fight. Ultimatum has, like, a weird come-to-space-Jesus moment. He's like, why do I exist? What is this? I, have <laughs> I love his existential crisis. He's like, what is the purpose of life? And, you know, like, he could destroy everything, but he's kind of innocent in a way. He is, and then he he helps raise the very good boy Evan Sabanora later in the world. So, yes, ultimatum, you're okay in my book. Uh, mm-hmm. In this book, you're interesting. Uh, I'll tell you, I love I love Bachelor's art in this. I don't think anyone listening to this podcast is going to be shocked by that statement. Oh, it's very good. Uh, very very layered. There's uh, some really great full page things where they're just wandering through the world and there's no panels, you know, it's just sequences where they're, they're roaming from one thing to the next or two page spreads like that. They're fantastic. Yeah. Chris has a great sense of design here uh, that Mm -hmm. I really like. Here's what I'll say. I do like this story. It has a lot of elements that I enjoy. It's kind of weird nonsense, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, it's the world. It's the world, and, like, you can f- almost hear Morrison kind of, like, trying to pitch this somewhere, and people are like, what? It's, what are you talking about, sir? I like Gmo, but this is very much him taking ideas and literally throwing them at a wall over mm-hmm. four issues of comics to various degrees of success. Like, I think the world's a cool concept. I think Phantom X being part of a television superhero team uh, where he was designed to essentially be the Green Ranger is not that great of a concept. Yeah, that that added component just is unnecessary and I don't think has ever been followed up on because it's silly. Um, but the uh, the ideas of the world continue to fascinate me and uh, I, I love that they're get a chance to explore this uh for chris's artwork i the only thing i i don't love about this is and i know scott is supposed to be like super mopey here i I don't love the way scott's drawn in these issues like he's a sad boy adam he's sad yeah i mean so sad it definitely sells the sad but just his his face and the way that the visor is drawn and it's just if you look at the way uh, Chris handles drawing Cyclops later in Uncanny, it's definitely a very different take on the character. So I agree um, with that. Yeah, uh, it's it's it works for this story. It's not my favorite Bachelor work. It's an interesting change of pace uh, for the uh, for the Grant Morrison run. Honestly, probably the weirdest stylistically uh, of the entire run. Like. You got a lot of people, like, it starts with Frank Quietly, but Frank Quietly has a, like, hyper-real vibe to him. Right. Where you get other guys, like, even Silvestri by the end of it, who still kind of fit in that same family as Frank Quietly. And I think that Bachelot, there's a line, but it's like a squiggly line to get to, like, that Frank Quietly style. Uh, and that doesn't work out so well uh, in the grand scheme of things. It's not my favorite uh, Grant Morrison story, but I like it. Well, it the the only problem with this is, and I had forgotten that this leads directly into Planet X. Yes. So it ends with the Weapon Plus satellite being blown up by Wolverine after he reads like everything that ever happened to him in his life, and there is no real conclusion to this story. It's just boom, and then we're right into, you know, Magneto taking over New York. I agree with that. Uh, so let's we've got a lot of grant morrison stories on this list so let's Mm -hmm. just throw it on the list uh because we have a very long list of all the x-men stories that have ever existed uh which according to this list there are 366 of them uh that number may need to be revised in fact we're going to add three more stories canonically to this list uh the number one story on the list is the dark phoenix saga the number 100 story on this list is Uncanny X-Men Acts of Vengeance. That's not the time that Magneto threw Red Skull into the hole. That's the time that uh, Psylocke did a body swap. Uh, but it had very pretty Jim Lee art. Uh, number 200 is The Invisible Woman Has Vanished from X-Factor 200 to 202. Uh, number 300 on our list is The Search for Cyclops. And 306 is The Draco, which is bad and we shouldn't talk about it. Though we 
We'll have to we'll, talk about we'll, it later. We're gonna I was going to say, we're going to have to here, talk boys. about it this episode. Um, now, we have e, for his, uh, e is for Extinction all the way up at number seven on the list. This no, is uh, no, not as good as not. that. Uh, at 103, we have Murder at the Mansion, uh, which is the arc directly before this. Mm-hmm. I think Murder at the Mansion is better. I like the art in this better, but for story, for, for writing, I'm going to go uh, with you on this. I think Murder at the Mansion is much better. Uh, is it better or worse than number 123, Jean Grey Psych War, which hmm. has a lot of this, which is like a Grant Morrison riff. It's a it's a riff on Riot for most of it. Um, Yeah, I... Ugh. Psych Wars is also uh, seemingly like without a conclusion, you know, it kind of just gets left left on a cliffhanger a little bit. Right, right. Leaves you hanging. Uh, uh, And at 119, we have another uh, Chris Bachelot uh, piece with Last Will and Testament of Charles Xavier, which I think that's so high, right? Like, yeah, that happen. I don't know, though. I, I think I might like that better. Than this, but the, this has all that really cool world stuff in it. Here's you know? what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Under that a bit, it at 120 is Wolverine Snipped, which I just reread recently. It still rules. I like that. Oh, better. it's great. Yeah. Below that, right at 121 is Amazing X Men one through five, the Quest for Nightcrawler. I think this is better than the Quest for Nightcrawler. I think that's a good place for it on the list. So this would be our new 121. This would be our new number 121. Assault on Weapon Plus. Not Phantom X's first appearance. It's Thanks, not. Adam. Come on, you bud. Dork. Come on, you goober. You're <laughs> supposed to be the X-Men trivia boy. <laughs> I don't know. I have to look up the answers. You know what I mean? Next uh, time, just ask me for all the answers. I'll give them to you. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, this next book I had never heard of. Um. Yeah, so this next book is... A double tie-in? <laughs> yeah, sure. So th- this book, it came out in 2009. Uh, it's written by Jason Aaron with Hassan Ribic on uh, pencils. Uh, Tom Palmer does the inks, and uh, Mr. Matt Wilson does those colors. Uh, it's Dark Rain, colon, The List, dash, Wolverine, number one. <laughs> not confusing at all let's let's break this down into chunks and we need to start from the very top adam do you know what dark rain was well dark rain is when norman osborne takes over shield and turns it into hammer correct hammer yes that's exactly okay. right do you know what the list was i don't know what the list is norman osborne had a list of things he wanted oh and there well, were a bunch not. of there were a bunch of one shots <laughs> about norman osborne getting things on his list Oh, well, that makes sense, because this story does start off with, and next on the list, and he points at the world and says, why don't I own this? I want so that. that. Give, that me, makes sense. give me this. I have, <laughs> I have weird hair, and I run the government, and I want this world. Uh, let's break this down to its third component part. Do you know what Wolverine is? Do I do I know who Wolverine is? Yeah, what yeah Wolverine. Wolverine. Is? If I say Wolverine is a concept, are you, are you aware of him? Yes. Okay, yes, great. I am. Great. Readers, for those of you who don't know, he's a small, hairy, smelly Canadian man with swords in his hand. Um, <laughs> who's going to team up with, uh, for the purposes of our episode, Phantom X, but also Marvel Boy? Yeah. Well, we're talking about Novar, uh, the protector. <laughs> sure. <laughs> who recently left Osborne's Avengers. I know this because I read the uh, the intro on the in the issue. Yeah, he did leave Osborne's Avengers. He was their uh, Captain Marvel, I believe, in uh, Osborne's Avengers. Uh, he once burnt a cuss in in a couple of city blocks, which is pretty good. <laughs> he's a he's a he's another GMO creation. Uh, what do you uh, know about Novar, Adam? <laughs> have you read Have you read Grant's uh, Marvel Boy? I have not. I don't know who he is. That's fine. Uh, but Novar, he is. A member he's of the an insect. Kree. He's a part insect. I know that. He's a cr- member of the Kree from a different reality. He was genetically engineered to be a Kree-Cockroach hybrid. <laughs> because cockroaches can survive anything. Yeah. 
he's kind of a jerk. He gets he he gets a lot softer. He becomes a soft boy by the time Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey get him for Young Avengers. Uh, but for now, he's still mostly a jerk. Yeah, and if if you're listening right now and you're picturing Litterbug in your head, no, he just kind of looks like uh, Quicksilver. He looks like Quicksilver. Yeah, he looks like Quicksilver. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Yeah, he's Quicksilver, so, but he's wearing green. They're gonna go invade the world, right? It doesn't go yep. as planned because Weapon Sixteen has been released into the air. Wolverine Weapon and Sixteen basically, is a gas, right? Trying it's to a, kill a Marvel it's a gas Void. called All God. <laughs> And it's Phantom weaponized X, religion. Yes, why can Phantom X not be affected by Weapon 16? I know you okay. took issue with this. Okay, no, okay, no. I don't take issue with why Phantom X can't be <laughs> impacted by Weapon 16. Phantom X can't be impacted by Weapon 16 because the nanites in his brain tell him that nothing can be better and more powerful than him. So he doesn't believe that a god could exist conceivably. Right. <laughs> Marvel Boy says that yes, we obviously know there is no God. I am an obviously an atheist. And listen, Adam, you're an atheist. Yep, it's that's, true. That's fine. I have a weird, complicated relationship with religion that I don't want to put any labels on. Uh, just in case, I'm hedging my bets, really, here. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> if you're listening, uh, you know, get me to those pearly gates. Uh, but if we're going to be pedantic fanboys in the Marvel Universe... There is a very, very famous man. His name's Thor. He's the god of thunder. And he is, is an it? actual Norse god. And all of his friends are also gods. And they meet other gods all the time. <laughs> There's lots of gods walking around on, on uh, Midgard all the time. So we're, we're not arguing about anything about the real world. It's a definitive truth that there are gods in the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah. 100%. So it is... Very strange that Marvel Boy is able to uh, to not be infected by Weapon 16. But uh, the two of them are going to try and kill the literal, physical, tangible brain of the world, which just looks like a big old brain. Yeah. Uh, and they fight. It's pretty. Wolverine, uh, being someone who is Thor's friend, does believe in gods and uh, is impacted by Weapon 16, the All-God. Uh, and they, you know, Jean-Philippe and Novar have to fight. Uh, I think Assad Ribic does a really good job here uh, with these fight scenes, though it's not it's not my favorite Ribic art. It's not my favorite Ribic and Jason Aaron collaboration because they're Thor, God of Thunder, which, by the way, the name of that book is God of Thunder. Uh, it's very, <laughs> it's it, right there in the title. And actually, Jason Aaron's entire pitch doesn't work unless Thor is a literal capital G god that's right that book but that's fine i've just gotten fights with people on the internet recently so i'm a little testy about it uh that's a great one and actually i think aaron uh for all of his faults handles his feelings on religion in that book in a much better and nuanced way than he does here where it feels like a pretty edgy joke and it's like okay whatever you're not really saying anything here But we're missing, I think, the most important thing about this issue, which happens after all of the fight scenes with all of the uh, the zombified creatures in the world. And that is that we finally get an explanation for how Phantom X shrunk the world down. He stole a shrink ray from Doctor Doom. Yeah. (laughs) He stole a shrink ray and he's like, and he's like, yeah, and this is mine now. I want this world. off panel and yet is like really really important in later iterations of the world in, yep. in canon. So um, that happens in this issue. Pretty wild. It's a, This is an interesting issue. It's a fun little one-off. Um, it reprinted in it is, a Jace, is Jason Aaron's, I think, first Marvel story that he won a contest to get to write, which is pretty funny. Can I ask you a question about that particular story, Zach? I mean, I didn't reread it, but yeah, go ahead. No, but I feel like and I know that I've, um, I think I saw this reprinted elsewhere. Like, I feel like whenever they want to do a Jason Aaron kind of retrospective, they pull out this story and they plop it in. But yeah, uh, is, it was, it... it's from, it was originally published in 2002 in Wolverine 175. Yeah. Uh, and it's a Jason Aaron and Udon Studios uh, story that's just about Wolverine. Uh, asking if he's a good man or not. Uh, 
and it's fine. Jason Aaron literally won a contest to ride it, and look, worked out pretty well for him. Yeah, good for Jason Aaron. And I, it's not I, uh, great, but hey, he's Jason Aaron. I have all of his Thor over here. I have all of his Doctor Strange over here. It's pretty good. Well, that that was what I was going to say. Is like the story. I, I'm historically great, cool. I'm glad Jason got broke into Marvel Comics and is doing amazing things and has done amazing things and continues to. But the story itself is like not. That it's great. it's the kind of contest that some. It's the kind of story that you'd expect from someone who won a contest. Maybe, yeah. Especially the art. The art's like. Kinda... Well, that's Udon Studios. Not my favorite. Also, it's a writing or an art studio, so it's uh, it varies in quality. Sure. Anyway, I think we can kind of leave that out of the ranking. It has nothing to do with the actual story of. No, it was their justification to add a dollar to the price tag. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and you don't have to read this. I mean, this really is kind of inconsequential in, in the grand scheme, unless you really wanted to know how Phantom X shrunk down the world. Like that's really the most. Right? I mean, yeah. that's the most consequential action that happens in this issue. I think Phantom X and Novar's back and forth can be fun. Sure. Because uh, they're both big old jerks who are self-obsessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's 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 a whatever comic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's the kind of thing you expect from a double tie-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, let's, let's look on our list. Uh... At 197, we have Madrox, and I don't think this is as good as Madrox. No. No, I would agree with that. Um, I'm looking lower than that. How about the first six issues of Jeff Parker's Exiles? Better or worse than that? I think it's worse than that, but I think we're in the right area. Because I think it's better than, like, uh, 218, which is the X-Men Legacy uh Two issues after Age of X. Yeah, I don't think I would go any higher than that, though, because the right above that is that really fun Weapon X arc where Sabretooth was in charge. And oh, you mean Omega where Red Omega Red gets a tiger? A tiger? Oh, yeah. we said it at the same time! <laughs> tiger Jinx. Um, yeah, this should be our new 218, I think. That's a good spot for it. This will be our new 218. It's Dark Rain colon the list dash Wolverine. All right, deep breath, everybody. Deep okay, breath. guys, we're going to talk about a bad one here. Uh, this one's real bad. Um, yeah, y'all, we're going to talk about Phantom X Max. Yep. So the uh, content warning before we get into this last story, there are some major issues with this. Uh, and there is definitely going to be at least a reference to uh, sexual violence in this part of the conversation. So maybe that's not for you. Um, but it Anyway, let's talk about this incredibly bad comic book. Okay, so this came out in 2013, uh, written by Andrew Hope, uh, with pencils by Sean Crystal. Uh, It's a four-issue Max Comics miniseries. What is a Max comic book? I need to know. It's a Marvel comic book, except for they can say cusses and swears. Oh, right. That's why they're cursing as if it's a Tarantino film all of a sudden. Oh. Okay. Okay. So most Max comic. Well, I don't want to say most. I don't know. A chunk of the Max comics are non-canonical. Uh, they aren't six one six continuity. Uh, Phantom X Max is not. Punisher Max is not. Alias is. Uh, but that's fine. Alias is the best. Well, I've not read the Punisher one. People tend to like Garth Ennis's Punisher. Uh, Alias is very good. This is nowhere near the quality of those two. Oh, no, this is straight-up garbage. (laughs) Oh, it's trash. It's trash. Uh, So I was looking up uh, some background on this because I was not familiar with Andrew Hope as a writer. Guess Um, what? No one is. (laughs) No. uh, He did a couple of things in the early 90s with uh, collaborating with future comic book superstar Mark Millar, who this book feels very influenced by oh sure definitely trying to catch that sort of raw edginess of mark millar it's trying to be on the cutting edge of 2006 i guess sure and we'll, we could get into how this 
is definitely trying to be edgy, but continue because on. It says tell me, tell me and more. Swears constantly. Yes. Yes. Uh, and they're bad. They're like, it's like it's like a eight year old who just realized that he can say all the cusses, but he's not good at it. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, hey, I know how to string some words together that happen to be bad words, and I'm going to say them. It's it's very very middle school, uh, but. Uh, I believe we did a little bit of, of digging into a Newsarama article and, and basically didn't I, – I think Andrew Hope knew Mark Millar who kind of Andrew, maybe Andrew Hope. started okay. with this pitch and then here – is, Here is what is recorded fact. Yes. Andrew Hope had a friend who was a Scottish writer. Don't know who that could be. Maybe Grant Morrison, probably the other guy, uh, probably his only other friend and collaborator. Who he worked um, with. And that Scottish writer had a pitch for Phantom X Max that just wasn't working out. Uh, and Andrew Hope worked with Axel Alonso uh, to make that pitch happen. And that pitch became this book. Yeah, that- I'll say the pitch wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you imagine can you imagine hold on can you imagine what the initial pitch was that was so bad that they said this is a market improvement on it i, I cannot because the even the final product is nigh incomprehensible um i mean if if you could uh try to Give me a concise explanation of the villain's plot in this story. I think I might pay you because you can't like He's- the the explanation. All right. First of all, there is a villain that explains the uh, the the evil plot in this very James Bond villain style. Very much saying, well, I am going to explain my plot to you. Exactly. And it takes many, many, many pages over multiple issues filled with an exposition dump, and it still doesn't make a damn bit of sense. Yeah, so here's what, here's from a high level what happens. Uh, Phantom X, Charlie Cluster 7, and his sexy helicopter, uh, Eva, uh, are hanging out and being chased by Agent Rhonda Fleming. No relationship to Ian, I'm sure. Uh, you know, James Bond writer Ian Fleming. Uh, also, no relation to actual Marvel Comics character Rhoda Fleming, who is apparently an Inhumans character. Because when I looked up Rhonda Fleming to see if there was any other mention of this character anywhere, there is not. Thank God. There is not. She's chasing Phantom X and he's flirting with her uh, somehow by throwing her out of airplanes. Bad way to flirt, Phantom X. Uh, but she gets assigned to Grover Lane, which is a super secret black ops organization uh, led by this guy named Stuart Sterling. Uh, who is essentially an Emperor Zod type character. And then he has two henchmen who are Emperor Zod's two henchmen uh, from Superman 2. And they go to the Mary. Are they in Antarctica or the Marianas Trench? Which one? Believe they're in Antarctica, but only because the author makes a very uh, awkward attempt at a pop culture reference by referencing the thing. So maybe they're in the Marianas Trench. It's it's very Phantom confusing. X definitely goes to the Marianas Trench. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, there's a super weapon to blow up an asteroid yes. that you need seven keys for, but there's a secret master eighth key that is in the Marianas Trench for some reason. That Phantom X goes to get again. Not sure why he's doing any of this. There's really no reason for it. There's there's no, no motivation. He's just doing it, and because it's the plot of the story. You're like, okay. So he goes to the Mariana's Trench, gets this key, finds this guy who's like, I secretly invented everything, including Eva, uh, which is dumb and doesn't go anywhere. Tries to give Eva a conscience, uh, crisis of conscience. By the way, Eva's not a weird UFO thing. Uh, nope. She's a sexy hologram like Cortana, but like very sexy, like uncomfortably yeah. sexy. Yeah. Can we just pause for a second because i feel like we're actually doing a, a an okay job explaining the plot of this book i've thought the, about it for so long the book does a terrible job in explaining or showing any of what it is that we are talking about um and the overriding thing that i'm taking away from this book is the unbelievable amount of 
of misogyny to its female characters. Oh yeah, um, we're good people, so we don't repeat that part of the story to each other <laughs> when we're explaining it. I I forgot about that. Yeah, every other word is misogynistic and very bad to both the antagonists, the protagonists. And the the tentative love interest, I guess, but she's not even a love interest in so much as that she literally exists to get yelled at for being a woman and sexually assaulted. That's her entire role in the entire story, and it's absolutely horrifying that this got yeah. published. Yeah, that is where the book really crosses a line, and uh, I know that I said to you before we even recorded this that I think this may possibly be the worst thing that we have read for the show, if only because what I, I what I can tolerate is what we talked about uh, a few minutes ago, this idea of sort of the the middle schooler learning how to curse and figuring that out for the first time, which is Maybe annoying he, and bad. It is. It's extremely annoying. It's extremely bad, but it, it feels very sort of like prepubescent and just sort of like, you know, figuring it out. OK, I maybe could overlook that if you did not have. The the protagonist of this story is quote unquote Phantom X, but the other character of interest in this story is this Rhonda Fleming character. And like mm-hmm. you said, she basically serves to be a either sexual interest or to be attacked sexually in this book. Um, that's really it. She gets beat up. She gets uh, uh, manhandled and is really just there to like somehow still be like a, a subject of interest for multiple other characters. Now, and and that's just one character. The yeah. other huge problem we have here is that this author seems to have absolutely no idea who Phantom X is. And along with that seems to have no idea who EVA is. So yeah, that part's very bad. EVA is turned into a, a, a like basically a sex bot. You know, I don't know how else to put it. She's constantly just obsessed with talking to Phantom X through the walkie talkie about ways that she wants to serve him. And it's terrifying. Like it's, it's just so gross and so off from what the model of this character is. Um, and, and that's excusing all the stuff about her quote unquote origin, which makes no sense. And it's She's not even really followed system. up on in this four issue series. Right. At all. It's like she goes off page to learn about her origin. And by the end, she's like, I'm a different woman now. Right. Well, she's a different woman now who can now have a, a robot body so that she can pleasure her slave owner. I mean, I don't know how else to put this. Like, it's really creepy. Adam, this is a bad comic. Oh, um, we it's didn't... so bad. It's It's just bad. It doesn't care about any of the cool stuff about Phantom X. It, Gmo created Phantom X as a parody. Mm-hmm. And Phantom X works best when everyone realizes that, yeah, he's over the top and intentionally so. And he's like, he's literally the coolest character ever, but it's all fake. Right. That works. And when you play into that stuff where he thinks he's better than anything ever, you can do some super interesting things with him. Mm-hmm. When you just make him, hey, I'm a very serious super spy, it's boring as all get out. And that part sucks. He doesn't, Phantom X is not well understood in this. This is one of the worst comics towards women I have ever read. I I say very clearly that this is the worst trade that I own and I feel bad about selling it because I don't want other people to have to experience it. Yeah, I mean, I'm very grateful that this is not on Unlimited. This is not something that you're going to be able to easily just acquire. Um, And the only redeemable thing that I can say about it at all is that it has really beautiful covers. Oh, they're Francesco Francavalla covers, and they are absolutely gorgeous pulp novel covers that fit exactly what you'd want a Phantom X series to be. (laughs) Like, these covers could go on a better book, and... We would not stop talking about them. Oh, if, if only, if only you could turn the page from the cover to the inside and have some kind of artistic quality like that. The the quality of the artwork in here um, is fine. 
It's, it's, it's a cartoony style. It's, it's loose. It's fluid. I think it, with another writer, it could be even fun. Um, but it, it's static in its, its fluidity only because there, there's nothing for the characters to do. Um, yeah. they may occasionally there's- do a flip. Something may occasionally blow up, but there's so much exposition and blah, 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 that there's nothing for it to do. I think one of the biggest flaws of it, and I like, I like, in general, I think Sean Crystal does an admirable job as a artist on this. Sure. He's the wrong artist for this book. Absolutely. Because the hyper cartoony nature makes this stuff like the misogyny and the sexual assault scenes and all of that play like the writer and the creative team is making light of it and making fun of it. Like, this isn't a big deal. This is like, it, it's, it's not even like a Mark Miller way where Mark Miller will do these things because he thinks it makes the story more serious. Mm-hmm. And like, at least he's framing those things. At, and this is, this is damning with the faintest praise. At least he's, framing those things as obviously bad and horrific and a horrible thing and he's using them because he can't write well uh whereas with sean crystal's art here it frames it as flippant it frames oh, it as oh this, 100%. Is, this is just this little thing yeah. oh we're gonna we're gonna throw around some words that we cannot repeat on this podcast uh and it'll just be a fun cartoon thing it's applying looney tunes logic in a lot of ways to things yep. that are extremely dark and it, it is all the more offensive because of that. You know, there really is no, uh, no excuse for it. I, I just, it, I, I find it reprehensible that this got published. Yeah. It's one of the wildest things. Um, it's bad. Don't look it up. Don't find it. You can see, you can see the best cover on our album art for this episode. So like, Look at that and say, oh, that's neat. Good job, Francisco. And then ignore it. Yes. Write your own Phantom X story. I guarantee yours will be better. It would be hard to be worse. Have Um, Phantom X go to the local store and buy cigarettes. And that will be a better story than this one. Okay. Hold on. That might actually be good. Hold on. Adam, (laughs) I'm going to send you like a four page write up tomorrow. We'll talk. All Um, right. Here we go. We got this. So I'm looking at our list. Here's what I know for sure. Here's what I know for sure. Here's what I know for sure. Number 364 is Witchblade Wolverine, and that is a much better comic than this. (laughs) And keep in mind, folks, that's like the bottom five. Yes, we're starting from the bottom five. and (laughs) The fifth worst is like, oh, yeah, I'd read that 400 times before this. Uh, yeah, you are 100% correct. Um, Witchblade Wolverine is better than Phantom X Max. I so we're we're getting NYX, into the bottom four here. I think NYX, which is right under it, NYX is a flawed story. However, NYX, NYX is flawed because it tries to say something and utterly fails in every conceivable way. Mm-hmm. But it's trying... And I think it's, that's better than this also. Yeah. And I think we also really piled on NYX when we uh, talked about it on the show because of the uh, some of the issues that it has in terms of depicting its characters sexually yeah. um, when it doesn't need to. And this Phantom X Max, I think, does it even worse. Yeah. it NYX... Yeah, NYX tried, at least. NYX was self-aware enough to know that, oh, these are bad things that are happening. And we're just being edgy to, like, show these bad things. But we're showing them in a way that, like, this is bad. Not, this is a fun comic cartoon adventure. Right. And Um, uh, the structure in NYX is better than Phantom X Max for all of its flaws. Yes. Okay, so, Holy War... Is under that. Holy War is also a story that is filled with exposition about a nonsense plot, has pretty much bad everything, and yet I also think it's better than Phantom X Max, and I hate Chuck Austin's Holy War. I'm gonna agree with you. I mean, when we did Holy War, we got 
furiously angry on this show. And yet somehow I think that that story is better than Phantom X Max. I mean, we're talking about a book that fails on every conceivable level. It's so bad. So now we're down to the bottom two and we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here with Phoenix legacy of fire. Um, So, okay. Here's where I'm at. I think X-Men Phoenix legacy of fire is the most comparable X-Men story to this for mm -hmm. a number of reasons. One bad art Two nonsense story. Three, Real gross stuff happening to the characters. Yep. Uh, four, also being a Max book. <laughs> I think he's this processing. He's processing. Is... <laughs> I think this is worse than Legacy of Fire, but I think. There are two reasons why this should be our new 368, not 369. Okay. I'm ready to hear this because uh, I'm with you on the fact that I think this is worse than Legacy of Fire. If only because if I were to defend Legacy of Fire in any way, which, God, please don't arrest me after I say what I'm about to say. I'm listening to this. there, There is the basest amount of artistic intent with Legacy of Fire, that it at least knows it is supposed to be pervy. And yet, it doesn't quite know just how objectionable it is. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right? (laughs) So... (laughs) Okay, you're not wrong. Right? Like, this book... I can't believe... That we're ranking something under Legacy of Fire because, well, at least Legacy of Fire knows it wants to be a titty mag. Uh, I mean, I don't know how else to... Yeah. Okay. So You're not wrong is the problem. Yeah. All right. So we know we're there. Please tell me why Phantom X Max, a completely irredeemable piece of garbage, is better than our last story on the list, which is the Draco. I've actually got three reasons now. All right. Let me hear them. I want to hear this. Number one. Got some real pretty covers. Like, these aren't just okay covers. These are real pretty <laughs> We're covers. We're basing it on the covers? All right, give me I two. Guess. What's number two? <laughs> number two. This is the same logic we applied when we put the Draco below Legacy of Fire, mm-hmm. in that Phantom X Max is a book that we can forget about tomorrow, and nothing will ever happen, where we can never escape the Draco. In X-Men comics, it will never happen. Where Phantom X Max... It was it was irrelevant when it was coming out. That is an excellent point. And what's number, number three? three? Number three. I can stand to joke about the Draco every freaking week <laughs> I on knew this. you were going to say that. I, Adam, I... Damage Don't want to mention done. this ever again, right? People know about the Draco. Yeah. If we put this... If we put this at the bottom of our list, we have nothing, to talk about it every episode. Nothing. And people are going to look for it. That's yeah. the thing. People are going to try and find this book because they're saying this is the worst X-Men story of all time. Well, I've got to find that out. We're going to be responsible for an aftermarket boom of this. The Boda Boy <laughs> bump on this. All right. You, had, you sold me. And here's why you sold me is, is for the basic reason that this is not in continuity. And doesn't need to be taken as such and gets it so wrong that we don't need to think about it again. So just scraping by. It's not oh, at the bottom of the list, but this is our new 368. This is 368. It's Phantom X Max. Guys, I know you might be interested. Just like, skip it, man. Please just skip it. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. It's so bad. It's so bad. Look up the covers. The covers are pretty. And then if they sold if they sold each of those covers for $3.99 and then tw- you know, like 30 pages of blank pages afterwards. <laughs> this thing goes up maybe a hundred spots. <laughs> Those four pages. Very good. Okay. They're real We're, pretty. We've done it, Zach. We've we've dealt with another uh, four issues of, of absolute trash. Remember uh, when Holy War, remember when we ranked Holy War not that long ago? Yeah. And we said, well, we've got our bottom three. This is never changing. <laughs> and we forgot. <laughs> You warned me about this book. I knew it was coming. 
I forgot that we were talking about it uh, this week, and it's let's not talk about it again. What we should talk about is no. our good bud Corey, who went over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files, and Corey made us talk about Assault on Weapon Plus, the best story we talked about on this episode. Thank you. Uh, which good for Corey. We we did the rest. That the rest is our bad. <laughs> um because we hurt ourselves, I guess. Uh, uh. so that we feel something during these Rona times. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be like Corey, go on over to Patreon. Uh, look for the Battle of the Atom Patreon. At the $2 a month level, you can get well, just an episode built around one of your suggestions. At the $5 a month level, you get early access to every episode and a chance to vote on some of the other stories that we talk about. Uh, so, like, I know the Dark Wolf or the Dark Rain, the list was something someone suggested. Uh, so we threw that on the list. Uh, so there's a lot of good stuff uh, going on. Uh you can find me on Xavier Files, the website. It's got good stuff. Comics are back, baby. So I just wrote about Ant-Man, which I like. Yeah, yeah. I like Zebwell's Ant-Man, guys. <laughs> we may even see some X-related titles in the coming weeks. I mean, we got a bit, bud. Yeah, I know. Bud, but we that's, got a bit. Listen, I, it's fine. It, however this shakes out. And, and, and New Mutants got another release date today. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have to... <laughs> I have to update the spreadsheet that's scheduling things uh, for oh, this man. podcast because I had just taken it off the list. I said we'll do we'll do our new mutants episode at some point. <laughs> yes, and now that it has its fifth theatrical release date, what is that date? What is that date? August twenty eighth. So uh, August twenty eighth. Yeah, just uh, before so this, my birthday. Gonna be gonna be, a, be wearing the hazmat suit to go see New Mutants. It could be episode one sixty. <laughs> okay, but it might probably won't actually. We'll when see. you put it in those terms, this is uh, one forty six. We're only fourteen bodas away. It's coming. It's coming we're, soon. We're fourteen <laughs> bodas from New Mutants. <laughs> uh, I think that's all you can find me. I think we, we're we going to have some dumb pieces up over the last week that I think are fun. You can tell quarantine's getting to us. Uh, so check out the website. Adam, uh, oh, Twitter, Xavier Files, go there. Adam, where can people find you and what do you got going on? I heard you've been busy, bud. Uh, guys, you can always follow me at Arthur Stacy, and I've been doing uh, X-Men trivia. So uh, th- that was fun. Follow at Arthur Stacy. I, uh, I believe the day this episode comes out, I will probably be doing a second round. And if you miss it live, that's okay. You can always just go back and, and watch the archive video and, and test your smarts. So, I lost uh, X-Men trivia by... I, I <laughs> you didn't did great. Tally it up. I lost by one point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you, you did a really good job, Zach. I lost by one point because I forgot the name of nature girl's friggin bear and i said i don't know it's something with mushrooms it's something with mushrooms it's fungus <laughs> you weren't you weren't completely wrong you, you were correct and i did have something to do with mushrooms but uh i i'm so mad at myself next week though uh we're gonna not be mad because we're gonna have friend of the show stephanie burt on because uh, we are gonna talk about uh sometimes when the fantastic four and the x-men were around nice yeah it'll be great Uh, So until then, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!